to the van life. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we're at FNA Van Life. Today, our guest is Kayla. She is a travel nurse, and we actually had this episode on request from another travel nurse. So we are excited to share all of the ins and outs of what that life on the road looks like, because maybe it's something that you or somebody you know might be into. So, Sam, this one's for you. You asked, and we shall deliver. <laughs> but first, let's do an update from the road. Yeah, update from the road. Wow, I feel like so much has happened in the last uh, couple of weeks, or last week. It feels like a couple of weeks right now, the last time we did the <laughs> podcast, for whatever reason. I'm trying to even think about where we were. Do you remember? Well, my birthday happened. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> It's a huge, big happy birthday. It was a great time. Yes. We um, hung out with some friends. We met up with some of our van friends and spent the day with them. We were by the water down here in San Diego, and we just got here. It's like, we talked about San Diego in the podcast last week, how we were a little bit nervous to head down here, and it's kind of proving... That we were maybe right, that it's a little bit confusing. But anyways, we're having fun with our friends, and we're having a really great time over here. So summer is here. It's approaching us where, you know, we could, we're starting to feel the heat, you know. And we definitely felt the heat when we were out in the Phoenix area. And so that's what our last video was all about. It was all about the heat. Yeah, and we were spending the time in Phoenix with our friend Stoklo fan, the Fennymores were there, Vanning Wilder was there, so it was kind of like a big van life meetup, um, and then also we were sharing, you know, what it's like having a dog in the van in the heat, because that's something that people worry about, so if you guys are thinking about any of that, be sure to go check out the YouTube channel, because that's where we are on the tube. And yeah, it was about 98 degrees out in one of the spots, and every day when we were in Phoenix was over 90 degrees. Um, we were there for about a week, I want to say, mm-hmm. and we did it pretty well. It was pretty comfortable, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't remember being like, oh my god, we're, like, melting. Yeah, I think the one day that was the hottest was when we were in Quartzsite, and it got to 98 degrees, and even then, we were able to kind of use the van to block the sun in a couple spots. Um, and it- we didn't even have our whole shade up. Correct, Because yeah. we... Uh, broke a piece of it. We've since gotten a new, piece. a new piece of it. The customer service is awesome. If you guys are looking for an awning, you definitely check out Moonfab. Um, you can get a moonshade and you can get a discount through us too as well. Yeah, we'll have the link down below. I can't remember how much you get off. I think it's maybe like 30 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. But That's it's still pretty a decent good. amount. Yeah, and we love our moonshade. And they're it- cheap in the sense of like va- like money, right? You get a really good value out of it because <laughs> they are a very heavy duty. We've used it in the rain. Yeah, which you're not technically supposed to. Well, you could actually hit it with some like waterproofing and whatnot, and then you could use it in the rain, but they don't do that, the company themselves. They're trying they, to keep it eco-friendly. Eco-friendly, yep. But so anyways, if we had the shade up, we would have been able to block the heat on like certain windows and whatever, but honestly, we were kind of fine. And like, we're talking about heading down to like Baja and mainland Mexico and Central America. And so that's like our next year of travel is mm-hmm. going to be down there. And we're getting a lot of warnings from people about how hot it's going to be. And I get that. But then we check the weather and it's like, you know, less warm than it was in Phoenix. Yeah. And I know it's all good intention. They want us to have the best time possible. So they want us to go during the best like weather possible. But here's the deal. We're going to be there for 10 months. 
some point in time, we're going to hit hot weather. It's just something that we're going to have to deal with. And we do have a little AC in the van that we could use. We do have ways to stay cooler. Our van is very well insulated for these type of situations. So we got fans that we just put up. We've really prepared ourselves recently to get ready for this adventure. Yeah, and, you know, worst case, if we're like, oh, my God, it's so hot, like, we can't handle it, we can always get an Airbnb or something like that. Mm -hmm. Although, what I'm kind of reading is that, like, a lot of these countries don't have a lot of air conditioning, but, like, humans live there all year long, as do animals, mm -hmm. and so, like, if they're surviving, we will survive. Yeah, we'll make it. I just think, I think people think that we're going to be miserable, and... I don't think we will be. We're not, like, miserable kind of no, people. No, we kind of make the best out of every situation. Yeah. And, like, you know, we bought a lot of, like, electrolyte drinks and things like that. And, like, yeah. you know, Stay I read articles, like, the lady was like, you're supposed to drink, like, four of these a day while you're here. Because it's just, like, in certain places, the humidity is so high that, like, you're kind of, like, I mean, sweating I all day. But the article, she was also saying that, like, it's her favorite place to be in the summer. I have to say that. I got away with not drinking those for about five years in Florida while working at a boat jet ski rental in the heat all day, you know. And the humidity. And the humidity was crazy. It would be 105 degrees and like 90% humidity. You know, you would have this rainstorm that happens every single day, uh, you know, around like two o'clock. You just get this downpour. The downpour is for like 10 minutes and then... Back to sunshine. So maybe your childhood in Florida has prepared you for this adventure. You know, I, as much as I hate to admit it, I think it has. <laughs> I think it has. And, like, the reason why I say I hate to admit it is because I'm not the type of person that loves hot places. Well, I mean, I remember you said to me multiple times, like, I could never live in Florida because it's just, like, too hot in the summers. Yeah, correct. But your mom lives there full time and absolutely loves the heat. Yeah, I I know, but you know, I am my mom's child, so I could probably get used to it. Uh -huh. But I much rather be in cooler weather or cold colder weather. And I know that going into this, you know, lifestyle, this this change, right? I'm gonna have to deal with stuff like this. But I'm wondering how much it's gonna affect me for the snowboard season. Am I gonna be able to like rally You're be back? So cold. Or am I gonna be like that little bitch again that was like, oh my god, it's so cold in here. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm gonna be the one struggling yeah. to go from like the warmth of Mexico in like the perfect season to then like snowboarding in Utah. <laughs> Is going to be a very big swing. Tough shift. I feel like we'll be there for a month and I'm like, babe, we got to go back to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. It is what it is. But, you know, this is what we this is what we signed up for. So, well, so most people chase the weather. We're chasing the opposite of the weather this time around. We'll see how it goes. But our guest today, Kayla, is for sure chasing the weather. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with her animals and her bus and then also her nursing contracts. So we're going to get all into how she is managing, you know, the travel nursing gigs while living in a vehicle. And I think this is a really worthwhile conversation, whether you're into nursing or not. We go over tons of different things, including travel in Baja, which she just did recently. So if you want to enjoy today's episode, be sure to give it a five-star review everywhere that you listen to podcasts. I know that sentence didn't super make sense, <laughs> but, but we'll go with it. If you guys are loving the podcast, be sure to 
follow us, give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It super helps us grow, and it helps the nomadic lifestyle grow even further. And I do want to say about this podcast, just because like you're not a travel nurse doesn't mean that you're not going to benefit from this conversation. We talk about all the reasons why she got into it, the life lessons that she've, she's learned, the places that she's been, and everything in between, and travel nursing is just a part of that. All right, let's get into it. We're really excited to have our new guest today. It is Kayla. She's a traveling nurse. And I know that this question comes up a lot is like jobs on the road. And we're really excited to have you on uh, just to learn more about the travel nurse lifestyle and what it is like the ins and outs of it. I have been living in the bus full time uh, for six months. And uh, when I was converting it, um, I've already been a nurse for six years. And so uh, it just kind of came up that when I was doing the bus, uh, which is a shuttle bus, a 2015 3500 Chevy, um, that then I would just take nursing contracts and kind of, you know, it keeps me moving and kind of learning a place uh, that I want to go. And as we talked about, kind of chasing this season. And then um, it's really nice that you kind of, pocket a lot of the, the housing stipend money that you get um so then it can take time off so i've done one nursing contract in phoenix uh for three months and then i've taken three months off and then i'm heading to colorado for another three month contract and you know i just i'm going to kind of keep that routine so far of uh work half the time and then live nomadically the other half that sounds like a really good work-life balance. And I feel like, you know, especially when people get into the van, it's like you want to have fun and you want to explore and you want to like get out and like do all these cool things. But then it also comes down to like you need to pay for the cool things and pay for the gas and, you know, make the money to be able to travel. So I think you're like three months on, three months off kind of makes sense. It's funny that like you didn't realize that that was an option when you first started building your van like what inspired you to build the bus um I guess it was uh and feel free to cut this if you want to but um some just like really big life changes that I I had uh I got a divorce uh and then like two weeks after uh, my sister passed away unexpectedly and um, she's got two kids that are teenagers. And so one came to live with me full time and then the other one was part time. And, you know, just, you know, it's one of those life changing things that needs to kind of reevaluate, like what's really important. Um, my sister was 38 and like not a sick person. And so um, I was very much that like you work every day um, until you retire. And then it was kind of like, you know, this just kind of different view on life that, you know, maybe you should just start living your life now and not wait until retirement. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I actually went through something kind of similar. It wasn't my sibling, but it was my dad who passed away early. And, you know, seeing somebody so close to me go so early made me just realize that I wanted to live my life to the fullest, you know, and I also had a back injury at work. And then I was like, how long can I actually like 
have fun while I'm traveling on the road. And I, all my friends and uh, people at work were telling me like, if you're going to had families, they're in their forties. They're like, if you're going to travel, do it now. Cause there's always going to be something that gets in your way, you know? So I, I totally feel you there. And I'm so sorry to hear about your sister as well. Oh, and I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but I think as long as you turn it into like a positive thing, um, which I'm sure that you could probably relate to. Um, I always think about it with uh, my sister and hopefully your dad would think the same thing that my sister would like the person that I am so much more now <laughs> than what I used to be like. Um, and so like, that's always just like so encouraging. So. Yeah, I agree. My, my dad, actually, what he wanted for me is to be an actor. And now we make YouTube videos for a living. So it's kind of like full circle. <laughs> like he would be so ecstatic to see us like on the TV. The TV would be playing in oh, the background yeah. all the time with all the videos. Just such an, uh, you know, I, I feel, you know, them looking down, like very happy for, for us now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it just, and it makes you smile and like you, you want to smile and when you think of them and things like that. So that's awesome. So where did you build out your bus and like, did you do most of it yourself? Um, yes. Uh, I'm from Iowa and I did, uh, the build pretty much there. Um, you know, I went to, uh, some bus events uh before my bus was even done on uh, the first event I went to like I had like the platform for my bed and like that was it like no plumbing or electrical and um then went to like another working event uh down in the Ozarks but yeah it was all done um by me and uh two girlfriends actually maybe a couple um and then just friends kind of helping and yeah, it was it's crazy, which I think is really fun when we all talk about um, doing our conversions. You just feel like so lost and and to see it kind of come together is just pretty remarkable. Yeah, and it sounds like that you had a great like experience building with people that you enjoy, and you got you got to gain like a even different type of relationship with them, and like they could like understand what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Where, you know, things aren't weird, um, you know, like the toilet and things like that, because, uh, you know, we researched those things together. And, you know, even though everything's not perfect, and I'm not saying even professionally built buses are perfect, but it's funny when I look at like, you know, the, the split wood or like the screw that's kind of crooked. Um, and it just reminds me of like those friends and, you know, <laughs> those funny moments of like, ah, oh, well, that wasn't perfect. Oh, well. <laughs> I love that. I think we have some of the same things in our rig where it's like, you know, that, that thing that's wrong, that's a memory, you yep. know, and that's kind yeah. of, that what, that's what makes every build so unique and so like yours, you know? And it gives it like character yeah. and, and some type of personality to it as well. You know, I, I love when, when we walk into other people's rigs and you like, you can see the personality of the person too. Like <laughs> sometimes people are very like tight and put together, you know, some people are more like lackadaisical and like just, just <laughs> having a life, you know, and you could like really see it in the build. I feel like. Oh yeah, it's so true. And like, if someone else would have built it, like those imperfections would have just like annoyed you because you paid someone to do it. But when you're doing it, you're like, 
hey, that's such a small thing. Like that's not something to worry about. And and instead, yeah, it just reminds you of those people. And I like the whole personality thing because, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people like the look of my bus, but then like when you look close, you're like, wow, you did not have a lot of like woodworking skills <laughs> when it came to building. <laughs> that's awesome but you know it still does the trick and it's still your full-time home and it allows you to you know do all of the adventures that you're doing um we were just looking through your instagram before we got on and i guess at your last posting you kind of like lived at the hospital the whole time so can you kind of like i don't know explain maybe how that works in terms of like you know if you're going to these travel nursing jobs you know you said you're saving the money on the housing stipend, which is great. But then like you do just park in the hospital parking lot. Like how does that work? Um, so my first contract in Phoenix um, was just, it was super awesome. They were totally fine with me parking um, right there. And uh, you know, I showed up in Phoenix and then like two days before I start to like start my assignment, it was a different hospital. And I get to that hospital and I park and like security comes out and, uh, you know, I just introduce myself and they're fine with it. But they also like told me it was like a bad side of like the neighborhood. And, um, but it actually ended up working out really good that, uh, like the public safety officers would like come and check on me and just come say hi and stuff like that at night where it was funny like I had like they were like my little visitors they had a uh, police dog too so like they'd bring them by and I'd be able to see them and um and like it was really awesome I was on call uh, a lot <clears throat> so it was perfect like I would get called in and everyone has to like drive like 30 minutes and I would just you know lay in bed for like 10 more minutes and then start walking into the hospital um, this Colorado assignment, uh, they actually have an issue with me not parking um, on like the hospital property. So I guess I'm going to like take a shuttle bus in, which is really ironic since I, I have a shuttle bus. Um, but we'll kind of see how it goes. I'm going to kind of just uh, go with the flow. Like it's not too far, uh, you know, whether I need to get my bike from Iowa or yeah I don't know we're gonna just kind of go roll with it I suppose that's kind of incredible <laughs> just the fact that in certain cases you have the closest commute possible to get to work right? <laughs> you don't have to use any gas you know you just like literally wake up throw on your clothes and walk right in the door I love that <laughs> and then you have other times yeah. where you're a little bit further away and the irony of like getting out of your bus to get into a bus to go there is just funny. Um, but <laughs> the thing yeah. that I think is so cool about it is the fact that you can save so much on, you know, on, on housing, right. In general. And then also yeah. you have the ability of the bus to take you any way you want. What are like normally the contracts that you sign in the sense of like longevity of like a job, since you are a travel nurse, is it like a three-month contract? Is it like a six-month contract? How do you even go about that, too? Or like finding the contracts. Are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. 
Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. Um, what's really actually awesome is that with uh, you usually sign with a company um, that takes travel nurses. Um, and it's really kind of nice because they do all the work. Um, I feel like nursing recruiters, they kind of get a bad rep because um, they find you the job and then you go and do the job. Um, but I love it so much because um, I say I want to go to Colorado and like he sends me just assignments there. And then they do like all most of all the paperwork. Um, you know, I have to run around and do like a drug screening and, you know, some paperwork on my phone, but it's really easy so, uh, yeah, it's just, and I mean, I'll get like an email of like every single day of every position I could take. Then my recruiter, he knows that I only want to start off doing 13 to 14 week contracts. That's typically the shortest. Uh, there are some like one month contracts, um, that are pretty like immediate, like you need to go to that job, like within the week. Um, and then you can always uh, choose to extend. Uh, I prefer to do the three months uh, because of the seasons uh, with living in the bus. And then also um, like the Phoenix one, I was offered to extend. And then if you don't like it, like you can just be like, no, I don't really want to. And I, I really like my Phoenix assignment. It's just, I was like, I want to like do something in my bus and go travel and stuff. So um, and then uh, you usually can't sign for more than a year. You have to kind of keep moving around, but it can be even within an area. That's pretty good. I feel like I was hearing a lot on TikTok about how, um, you know, travel nursing actually pays better than stationary nursing. Has that been your experience? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so being from Iowa, uh, we're like the 49th worst paying state for nurses. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So it was significantly like so much less than what I make now. And then, um, you know, I don't know all the politics that kind of go into it, but uh, I don't know if they get some kind of government assistance uh, to pay for travelers uh, to have that immediate relief. But yeah, um, it does kind of stink going into a, uh, you know, a job and, you know, they know that we make more than them. Um, you know, instead of just paying them like what they're actually worth, uh, I mean, that kind of stinks, but, uh, also they're really happy that we're there because, you know, then we are going into assignments that they are short staffed and we are like really, you know, busting our butts, <laughs> but yeah, it's, and a lot of nurses are just, they're just leaving their staff nursing positions and traveling since it's so much better paying. And then they'll just kind of stay in the area. So I'm sure there's all different like types of nurses too. Um, and like you said, this company kind of places you. Um, is, is it easier for certain types of nurses to get these travel positions than other ones? Um, and I guess what are the differences between the different types? Yeah. Um, so everyone kind of has, uh, so to be a travel nurse, I believe you have to at least work in an area for six months. 
uh, and then you're going to be, so you have all sorts of different kinds of nurses, uh, which I did ICU uh, for like four and a half years. And then I went to um, interventional radiology. It's kind of a, it's newer. I mean, it's been around for like 40 years, but I mean, they've been doing like open heart surgery longer than um, interventional radiology. Um, And so, you know, with that being such a small pool, I actually have less jobs uh, around that I can do uh, within IR versus ICU. So like ICU and ER nursing um, is really huge because, you know, most every hospital needs those kind of nurses. And then also, but it actually worked out really well that they, they said that I hadn't worked in the ICU uh, recent enough for me to do that. But then they could also like float you down to like a med search floor. Um, so like medical surgical floors, like you typically have like seven patients, you know, they're not as sick. Um, but then like in the ICU, you know, I would have two patients that were really sick and like, that's very different kind of nursing where like, I don't know how to take care of seven patients that aren't really sick, but I'm really good at taking care of two patients that are really sick. (laughs) So, um, and there's all sorts of different kinds, you know, there's long-term care. Yeah. And I mean, long-term care and then ER and ICU are definitely like the most common, but I haven't ran into an issue of not finding a position for me to do um, an interventional radiology. And it's a pretty small entity. So that's great. I mean, it sounds like there's lots of opportunities for people if they wanted to get into kind of this lifestyle. How have you found it like building relationships with people in the hospital? It sounds like you made a lot of friends at your last placement. Was it hard to leave? Do you think that you would never go back there? Like, is that possible to go back there? Or you have to wait for like a position to open up through your company? Can you switch from being a travel nurse back to like a normal stationary nurse? Um, absolutely. Um, if you want to make a lot less money <laughs> <laughs> and and not live in a bus, uh, considering it was Arizona, like I wouldn't be able to live in a bus uh, in Arizona. But um, no, it was so much fun. I really thought being, you know, with this first assignment, I thought I was going to go in. I wasn't going to like really make any friends. And like all those people are like lifelong friends now. And actually, uh, one of the other travel nurses with me, she's up living in Denver. And um, I'm taking an assignment in Colorado Springs. So like, it's kind of crazy. We are kind of following each other. And it that wasn't even our plan at all. But, you know, I would definitely go back in the wintertime and work in Arizona. I really loved it there. And then just also like having all those friends and things uh, was, was, it makes work so much better when you just, like, you feel like you're going to work to hang out with people, like with patients and your friends. <laughs> That's amazing. That sounds like such a wonderful opportunity. And like the fact that now you're getting to create relationships all over the country, like a lot of people get stuck in their stationary position and only meet, you know, a handful of people throughout their time in that particular job. So, you know, to expand on friendships and opportunities and all those things is very limited 
compared to the person who is traveling and doing this particular type of job. I, we know that you have uh, a dog in the van as well, or in the bus as well. How does that work with being uh, the travel nurse? Have you, have you had any issues uh, with that as well? Um, so I have a, a dog and I have a cat. Um, you didn't see my cat at Joshua Tree just because the coyotes and then there's a lot of like bigger dogs that she doesn't come out um, until mm-hmm. like the, the bigger dogs are like not around. Um, I would say, you know, it's a little bit challenging, not really for the last contract because I was parked in the hospital parking lot. Um, just for my lunch break, I would go out and let my dog out. And it actually was like super awesome where like I would have people walk by and they would be like, that's like the best therapy right there (laughs) for like lunch to come out and like play with your dog. And sometimes I'd eat lunch with her and, and stuff. And so that worked out really well. Um, but for the national guard, when I have to fly home, like I, I usually find babysitters for the pets and the bus, (laughs) which includes probably sometimes three different locations for the bus, the cat and the dog. Um, so that gets a little challenging, but, um, and then we'll see with this next assignment, if I'm farther away, um, what I'm going to do about letting my dog out, but it's nice. The cat's pretty self-contained. She actually likes to go outside a lot. So it's trying to keep her in the bus is going to be a little bit more challenging this time since she's had so much while I was like not working animal right outside just to help him out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fun <laughs> for sure. So another aspect of your travels that I think is really cool is that you're also in the army reserves. So do you want to kind of talk to us a little bit about that and how you do that on the road and, you know, cause it's another way that you're earning income while you're traveling. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and um, I just want to say it's the Air Force. <laughs> We're less oh, okay. common than the, the Army Guard, um, but it's the Air National Guard. And uh, yeah, it's been it's a lot more challenging when I'm not doing a nursing contract and I'm living kind of more like nomadically because then I'm relying on, you know, my nomadic friends to like stay put and watch the animals. Um Yes, uh, it is an income, but since it's the guard, I actually pay for my flight back home. And so I was uh, just down in uh, Baja, and that was definitely like, so I I take quite a bit of a loss of uh, flying back. So I flew out of La Paz, Mexico, and uh, and then I had some friends uh, watch the pets in the bus. and then it was like an RV park. So paying for the flight and the RV park for both of us. And then, you know, also like giving my friends some money um, was like not an issue. But I do take a little bit of a loss. But I have 15, August will be 15 years in the military. And, you know, it's just not really worth like quitting now. And I also, I, I love it so much. And my friends back home, like they're, so excited for me like doing all these travels and so it is nice to go back home and see them and things like that but I would definitely at this point I would not say it's an income (laughs) (laughs) but it's definitely worth it like I love it a lot I guess at other points in your life it was an income but with all the logistics (laughs) of you know leaving the bus behind and traveling and flying 
back to like the location where you have to be. And I think it's once a month, right? That you have to do a weekend. Um, yeah, uh, once a month. And then typically we do, uh, like two weeks ish, you know, sometimes that even gets down to a week. So I will in August, I'll go back for a drill and then we're going to go to Kosovo for two weeks. Um, I'm really excited about that. So every state, um, in the U S has a partnership with a country and Iowa, ours is Kosovo. And so we have, uh, some people from Kosovo that come over and I've met with them a couple of times. And so I have some friends um, from there that are medics. And then, um, you know, I'm really excited because they've come over to see us so many times and then to fly over and see like their home country um, is really fun. So I'm excited for that. So that'll be like at least like two weeks right there. Um, And yeah, that will, I'll drive the bus back home. I'll have babysitters and, Stuff, and so everything will work out perfectly with that one and it'll it'll be a lot of fun one thing i find so fascinating about your life is that between your two jobs it seems like that you have friends legitimately everywhere and most people you know don't have that same type of life you their know network. Like their, their network is is very limited and small you know and just the fact that you have these people all over the world it, you know we could say that you are connected with and friends with is just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun where I've actually, so talking about like jobs to do on the road, like if someone's a nurse, uh, they have remote nursing now um, with COVID, uh, you know, and it kind of makes sense that, you know, instead of like going into a clinic, like you can call a nurse and ask her about your medication and stuff like that. So remote nursing was something that I could have looked at. Um, But then I was like, I love people way too much. Like I love going to work at a hospital. And I mean, you meet like hundreds of people (laughs) and it's so much fun. And then like the same thing with the military and you, so many people I meet there. And then, you know, even like nomadically, like, I think it's just, you know, I never would have thought I had so many like bus friends and people to travel with. And so, yeah, I definitely feel like very blessed and plentiful in like relations and friendships that I have. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, we, we totally get it. Um, you know, living this lifestyle and being travelers, we meet people all the time. I'm very much an extrovert. I talk to everybody. So like I become the mayor of a parking lot when we're getting groceries. It's just like, you know, naturally I want to, I want to <laughs> chat with everybody. I want to get to know everybody. It's just one of those things where, um, you know, it's put us in a lot of wonderful situations too, as well. And got us out of some situations that felt pretty tense. You know, so being able to have that ability to chat with people and and talk and just, you know, uh, be friendly, I think, is is such a, a great trait. Yeah, absolutely. I think nomadic people, I, we um, we just have so much more time to like, you know, not everything. Um, when I was working all the time back home and wasn't doing the bus, you know, everything just felt so rushed and you know, is go to work all day, come home, like get groceries, like clean the house. And, um, nomadically, like, I think things are just so much simpler that you allow like time and space for like 
talking to someone. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, I think that, I don't know, that's just like the greatest thing about living in a van is that your whole life travels with you everywhere that you go. And then there is a routine to it, but it's also like every day is so different. Like you're not going to that same grocery store every day. You're going to a different grocery store in a different town. And, you know, like the view changes, the view changes, the people change. Everything is like, you know, and some people might like the stability of, you know, they know what they're getting every time. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's like, I don't know, it's exciting to venture to new places and you know, it's that little bit of adventure every single day. Like, where are we going to sleep? Where are we going to find water? Where are we going to get our groceries? All these little things that make it, you know, so much, I don't know, cooler and more dynamic than just, you know, being in that stationary home, you know, driving the same drive every single day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Where sometimes I have to like remind myself when, you know, that I need to fill water and I need to find somewhere to sleep and I need to map things out and I'm typically not like an everyday planner like that but you know when I get a little bit frustrated about it I just think like when you know uh because I did active duty orders uh when I was building the bus it was like how many times did I drive to work you know that was probably like a 20 25 minute drive and I would like pull in and I'd be like I don't even remember the drive like I just got you know because I did it so many times and you know, you just realize like how much like your life was on autopilot. Like you're just like, Oh, just going to do the same thing <laughs> where I, I'm super grateful where it's like, yeah, I'm driving in a place I don't know. And it's like, and that's exciting. And that's a good thing. We were talking about that literally the other day. It, I, I think it's a topic that comes up more often than not because everybody could kind of relate to that. I know that I was doing that in my nine to five back in New York uh, when I would travel in. And yeah, sometimes there would be different spots, but the route was kind of similar every time. So I might wake up in moments of like, oh, I got to make a left here. Or I would wind up in the completely wrong place because I was on autopilot so hard. You know, it's kind of crazy. But like speaking of that too, the the frustrations that we've, we've spoke of all the amazing things about, you know, doing this lifestyle. What are some of the downsides of being a travel nurse? Um, I would maybe say like, it's just, it's sad. Like when I have to change gears, uh, you know, I think being nomadic, like you, you have to be really good at like saying goodbye. And then I know we always say like, see you down the road, but like, you know, it's always like this chapter that's closing where when I was leaving um, my assignment in Phoenix, like it was just so sad, like that I wasn't going to be hanging out with these people every single day. And but then it's exciting that I'm, you know, going to reconnect with my nomadic friends. And, uh, we did the trip down to Baja and like, that was so much fun. And then to like say goodbye to them and then start taking a nursing job. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's all really good, but it's, it's hard. Cause you, you're like, Oh wow. Like that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then you, and you're like, okay, time to change gears again. So it seems like the downside is really uh, just readjusting from how much fun life is. Yeah. It almost sounds like you're living kind of like two totally different lives. Like for three months, you're going into the hospital every day. You have all of your nursing friends, your hospital friends, your security guard friends. And then it's like, okay, now I need to like completely change my life. 
And now it's like all my nomadic friends and my travel friends mm. and, you know, all these new adventures. I'm sure there's definitely like a mind shift that happens there too, because like, you know, <laughs> what your nomadic friends might be into and interested in are definitely slightly different than the stationary nurse or, you know, nurse. Um, it, yeah. It just, it's like this switch you have to flip to like, <laughs> or, or at least get used to the feeling of being around the different type of person. Yeah, um, I think that I hung out in Joshua Tree where I met you guys. Um, and I hung out there for so long just because it took so much time to just like decompress of like, you know, I'd wake up and it'd be like, make coffee. Okay, what are we doing today? And, you know, you just you're on this different pace of like work. Um, and then just to be like, you know, to wake up and be like, I don't know, uh, let's talk about making breakfast with friends for like an hour before we actually do it. <laughs> and then also, uh, you know, because it was like the nurses and the, like we work really close with our doctors and I feel like um, radiologists, they're, they're kind of funny. They're like really smart, but sometimes their social skills are a little bit off. <laughs> and to explain like really random things about the butt, you know, like you know, like your power and just things that are, you know, very normal to us. Um, and then to like hang out with like nomadic friends where then, you know, they, I haven't been doing this for a super long time. So like then teaching me like the apps and, you know, things like that, or like, it was really funny. We were going for like a bike ride and, uh, one of my friends, he was like, you don't have a headlamp. And I'm like, no, I lived in a hospital parking lot. Like I don't have a headlamp yet. I don't know. I need these things. <laughs> and so you're like out in the middle of the woods. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. Like the, it's great that you also have the people there that are willing to help you too. Like we're, everybody in the community is so willing to, um, to like give suggestions and help people learn a little bit more about what they need. And, and it's just, it's amazing to me. And I'm sure it's the same way in the, in the nursing field. Like when you first walk into the building, you know, people are like, Oh, this is like the way the building played out. And this is where you need to go to find this doctor. And like, they give you kind of the lay to land. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you've only kind of been on the road for like six months ish. So do you kind of see this as like a sustainable lifestyle for you that you could like continue for years to come? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I love asking the question um, to people that have been nomadic for a really long time or, you know, done bus living for a long time and people that have done it for a little while. And it always kind of makes me smile when kids, you know, I'm like, oh, how long are you going to do this? And they're like, I have no idea. And and I love that because, like, I have no idea when I'm how long I'll do this. Um, I feel like I do somewhat say, like, you know, maybe in two years, uh, you know, I don't want to do this. Not that anything gives me an inkling that I don't. But it does kind of give me like a little bit of, hey, like, don't just put things off. Don't be like, hey, take that Mexico trip next year. You know, because especially when we're traveling during the season, I mean, if you don't do that in the winter months, like you're not going to do it for a whole year. Um, so I, you know, I kind of, I cherish the thing that, you know, that this might not be my lifestyle forever, but yeah, there's nothing that makes me want to go live in a house in one spot at all right now. <laughs> yeah, we feel you there. We we got on the road and it was 
one year of travel and we're going to settle down and find a place to live. And that year passed pretty quickly. And we're like, we don't want to stop. And now we're two and a half <laughs> years in and we still don't see an end in sight. But we agree with you in the sense of like putting off trips and things that you want to do. We don't want to do that either because we have done that before in the past. And what we realize is that, you know, it's never the right time to do the trip then. You know, you're always making excuses. You just got to like dive in and do it. So like we're about to go to Mexico ourselves uh, and do Baja, but then go to mainland and go all the way down to Central America. And it's a trip that we were going to do our first year. But unfortunately, pandemic hit, changed a lot of ideas and things that we were thinking about doing. And but now we're like we're geared up, ready to go, you know, and we're not a lot of people are trying to talk us out of it. They're like, oh, the weather is going to be hot, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're like we're going to be there for 10 months. At some point in time, the weather's going to be hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's so cool. It was, uh, I don't know, Baja, like, that was just so crazy, like, what an experience it was. Um, you know, back, I always call it, like, kind of, like, jokingly, like, my domesticated life that, you know, I'd work all the time and then you take like a five day all inclusive trip to Mexico. And so, you know, I'd be like, oh, I've been to Mexico like five times. And it's like, all I actually did was like take a cruise or fly in to like a resort and like sit there at the pool and like enjoy the weather. And like, you know, I did go off and do excursions and stuff, but to be like, I mean, that was almost two months that I lived in another country in a bus and like it was just it was so awesome and you're just like you wake up like I mean most of all the days I was parked on the beach um and yeah it, with the heat and stuff like that if you're parked by the water like oh you'll be so fine because you're just like okay it's you know about that hour it's hot like let's go take a dip and no way. I think it's gonna be so much fun you guys are gonna like uh it's going to be incredible. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our van life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. You know, and that's the kind of the consensus that we get from all the people that actually go down and and enjoy it. You know, it's all the people that haven't been there that we get that kickback of, oh, no, it's always an excuse of some type of thing in some type of way. You know, and, and I get it because, you know, it's a fearful thing. It's a thing that you're kind of scared of until you actually experience it. And it's kind of crazy to think that a lot of those people used to do the same thing that you would do is go to, you know, the 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 nice resort and literally just sit in the resort. What are you experiencing? <laughs> the only thing you're experiencing is the, the beautiful beach, but you're not experiencing the culture, the things around it. You might go on one excursion, but you're not like, you're not, it's not as raw as if you're traveling through it, like in a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually crossed the the border uh, with my niece. Uh, she's 19 and, you know, of course, it was super nerve wracking, like crossing the border. And, you know, now I have my niece with me. Um, and, you know, it was a little stressful at times, like, you know, with the driving and meeting up with friends and stuff. Uh, but like, it was so it's just so incredible. Like I told her, like, you know, I could have just flew you into a resort and like, but 
we um, went to this uh, beach and we met up um, with my friends, El Dapes, and there was like some more van life people there. And like we went in like went clamming. So like you just reach down in the sand and you grab a bunch of clams and like we cooked them up and we were just, it was just so cool. Like, so, uh, you know, yeah. And like your schedule was in when I'd go back for a drill and I would joke with friends and, you know, cause they're like, Oh my gosh, you're sitting on a beach. And I'm like, guys, like there's a schedule. Like, I mean, it takes a little bit of work to get to that really perfect spot. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you go clamming and then you got to take them back and you got to rinse them, you know, every couple hours. Um, so you can eat them that night and then you got to like watch the the sunset and then you got to go over and do bioluminescence um, for that hour in between the moonrise. And then you got to get back and watch moonrise and you're like, this, there's an agenda, like there's things that need to happen <laughs> and they're all like super awesome. And they would just like, look at me and just be like, wow, rough life. Like, and I'm like, you, I know. Like you understand <laughs> what you're like. Possibly, I don't know. Are you complaining or are you happy? Because like, <laughs> I get it. It seems all amazing, and I think that's like yeah, the, yeah. No, it was just like you know, it was like you just didn't want to miss anything. Like it was yeah. so funny. And um, at that beach, like the sun um came over the bay um in the morning, and so um I'm typically like not a morning person. Um, you know, because I've always had to get up really early and go to work and. Uh, like it was just crazy like how much I wanted to wake up just so I could see that sunrise where it was like I cannot miss this like and so we would uh my niece and I would even take like the paddleboard out um with the sunrise and stuff and like we have her mom's ashes and like it was just so incredible like it was just you're like you just don't want to miss anything yeah, it sounds absolutely perfect, honestly. It just seems like one of these glorious moments in life that you'll never, ever forget. And I think that's kind of encompassing the whole lifestyle of a van and bus life and the travel lifestyle is that, you know, there's so many beautiful moments in life and we get to experience a lot of different ones, not ones that are always in the same place. They're they're always in like a different, beautiful place. And then you get a uh, realization of like, you know, you're so lucky to have your time. You know, I, I think that's the one yeah. thing that a lot of people lack, like, cause they're working for somebody else most of the time, but we're so fortunate to have the most valuable currency at our hands at all times. And that's time. Yeah, absolutely. It truly is where, you know, it's nice not to like set an alarm and like have to wake up to like go to work and pay for like all these things like, you know, when I set an alarm down there, it was like, because I didn't want to miss like the sunrise. And it was like, this is, this is, this is a great life. <laughs> That's amazing. So if you had any advice for, you know, say a nurse who's sitting at home working that regular nursing job has been there for a while and they're thinking about travel nursing, you know, what kind of advice would you have for someone like that? um just do it (laughs) no um but honestly like it's you know I when I go back home for drill like we do rotations at the hospital and um it was like a couple months ago I went back and uh it, it was at the hospital that I worked at before and we were in the ER like one of the girls I did orientation um with her um and she worked in the ER and I was 
starting in the ICU there. And um, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't want to sound like terrible about it, but like, it was just kind of sad. Like, it was like, holy cow, like, this was like four or five years ago that we met and like, you're still just like working in the same spot. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's a terrible thing, but it's like, you can just tell like they get so excited <clears throat> when I talk to them about the bus and travel nursing and things like that. And I'm like, just do it. Like, um, honestly, I called uh, two different nursing agencies. Uh, it is one thing that once you call then they are like going to like call you all the time. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> they, they want that they money get to get paid. you that job position. Yeah. So it kind of opens the floodgates and stuff. Um, but yeah, you just kind of, you know, um, you know, pick a good recruiter that you really like. Um, my recruiter, Alan, he's like so awesome that we like even get in like, I mean, not arguments, but we have this like closeness where, you know, he'll like send me a text and it'll be like, what's a good zip code to do like your drug uh, test for? And um, like, I'll take a little bit and he'll like call me and be like, you answer my text when I, when I text you. And I'm like, you act like this is an easy answer for me. I don't know what a good zip code for me is. I was like, I'm living in Mexico right now. But, um, and so definitely like, and you know, we just have this really good relation where like, you know, I can be a little stressed out and he can be a little stressed out and like, that's fine. And like, we work really well together. So really like your nursing recruiter, um, you know, uh, cause they're kind of the one that, you know, they're going to be looking for like what you want in a job and then yeah, different contracts and stuff like that kind of whatever your goals are, like, you know, if it's bus life or, you know, if you even like live in an apartment, maybe you want to do longer contracts. Um, like I said, I have to do the shorter ones usually because of the season and, um, my pets, but, um, yeah, it's so much fun. And then also like on a nursing side, uh, you learn so much more about your field, um, by going other places. Um, like how other hospitals do things. And I think it just makes you so much more of a well-rounded nurse rather than where I used to know everything about the hospital that I worked at, but I didn't know anything different because I, you know, I didn't work a lot of different hospitals then. And like now I get to travel and, and see, you know, like those things that, you know, make nursing better by having all these different perspectives or perspectives. What I think is awesome about that is like, who knows one day you might be somebody that they look to, to try to make nursing a better position for people or, you know, how it could be um, better put together in different hospitals, you know, or like when you do settle down somewhere, you'll be so much more knowledgeable about like, you know, every, every aspect of the hospital in all different ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I'm super passionate. Like I, I love my careers. I love nursing and I love being in the military. And then, you know, even working with people from Kosovo that are medics. Um, you know, I think, you know, healthcare is just what everyone, everyone needs it. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what country you're in, what state and, um, just always making it better and improving it is just, it's super, but that is like my passion. (laughs) 
Well, I think you bring that to all areas of your life because not only are you doing that in the nursing field, but you're also doing it in van life in a sense, like learning from other nomads and how they're doing it and learning from new cultures, you know, when you're traveling. So it sounds like you really have the best of kind of all worlds at the moment. And I think it's really cool because like, you know, like you said about the telenursing, you wouldn't have as much time off probably as you do, because that would probably be more of like a you know, every day you have to log in for however many hours kind of thing, where the way you're doing it, it's like three months intense, but then three months of just like whatever you want. Yeah. And I think that's something to consider even for the hospitals as well. You know, you probably have nurses that work a lot better because they're not so stressed out about their position. If they're working, you know, 12 hour shifts for the whole year, you know, rather than three months of work and then being able to go and live their life and do what they want, reset their batteries, reset themselves and feel more full about life and then come back into the job to be able to do their job with more passion once again. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm so much better of a nurse by, you know, taking time off, um, you know, because uh like I said, I did it for six years and then, you know, I've only been doing the travel nursing thing for six months. And, you know, there was times where, you know, you get a call and like they beg you to come in and you're just like, I'm burnt out. Like, I don't want to work. And like, and you come in because like they're short staffed and you don't want to leave your friends that way and things like that and unsafe situations. And then you just realize like, you know, there's just times where I was like, I'm just such a growly nurse. Like I'm just not in the mood. (laughs) And then like, I don't know, um, doing the Phoenix job, like it was just, it was so fun where there was just times I realized, like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I really love this. Like, I'm so glad, like I come back and I'm refreshed and, and happy about it. And, you know, I think it's really important too that, um, I mean, most people like can tell that I'm a pretty happy, bubbly person and, you know, patients like need to see that, you know, they need to see, you know, yeah, bad things are happening, but like, you know, hearing like me laugh about something or like telling a story, like you can just tell like, um, with doing IR, like they would come down and, um, for like multiple procedures, like the same patient and you could tell, like they were so excited to come back and like see us and (laughs) they got out of their room and like you know even though they're stuck in the hospital for months like they want to see those like happy positive faces so yeah definitely the the glass half full type of energy you know it rubs off on people and it makes them feel better about their situation you know the possibility (laughs) of you know recovering and whatnot becomes a lot easier um if you have a good attitude about it and the people's attitudes around you help promote your own attitude you know, so I, I think that is you're know, on point. I mean, even at my old job doing air conditioning back when I was in New York City, there the first year of working there, I was like so excited to do the extra work and excited to do the overtime. And then it starts to pitter off because you're just bored of it. Like you're just getting tired of doing the same thing over and over. And even though like the challenges are different, it just feels like you're doing the same thing because you're always in the same area in the you know, looking at something similar to you, what you do every day. So being able to have that opportunity to have that time off, I think is just, it just creates a world of difference. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. 
Cool. Well, we're so glad that we got to talk to you today. Thank you for sharing all of your, you know, tips about travel nursing. We actually were at a wedding recently and a nurse who's a stationary nurse there was like, you need to have somebody on your podcast because I want to do travel nursing and I'm just not sure how to do it. So, So she is a travel nurse. She was just looking at how to get into possibly van life or bus life and be a travel nurse that way. So this came on request from Sam McCandless, one of my friends growing up back in uh, New York. So it was really cool to connect that and be able to chat with you, somebody who has experience in it and be able to bring light to a situation that there's so many people out there that want to know more about. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it's so fun. And um, yeah, I wouldn't deter anyone from like this kind of lifestyle, you know, you know, and people, you know, want to make excuses and say, you know, they have kids or if this was different, if that was different. And it's honestly like things just kind of fall into place. Like I'm not saying building a bus or a van is easy, but if it's something that you want, like all the information's on there, like exactly what you guys are doing. Like there's just this whole network of people to reach out to. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I hope, I hope, by like next year, like she's doing the same thing and maybe who knows, we'll be even working at the same spot. That would be really cool. And she's going to be like, I listened to your podcast on FNA's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We can park our our, our rigs next to each other at the hospital. So (laughs) That sounds awesome. Uh, Well, once again, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on the podcast. Um, It was so insightful and so amazing. And yeah, we're going to, we're going to jump off and stop. Well, right I was now. just going to okay. say, if somebody wanted to, you know, ask you some more questions or do a deep dive, yeah. where could they find you? Um, my Instagram is, uh, Loki crystal skies. Uh, so it's L O K E E and then underscore crystal skies. Um, yeah. Um, it's my bus social media and it's actually the only like social media I really keep up with because yeah I gotta keep in um contact with all these people that I meet and all the wonderful things so heck yeah well we will definitely drop in the link in the description below uh, so that way you guys can find it once again thank you so much and we really appreciate you yeah thanks for having me guys that conversation was so great I hope you guys enjoyed talking with Kayla When we got offline, her and I continued chatting for a little while, and we did get into the fact that, you know, because you're living in a bus, there is a little bit of complication sometimes with certain gigs. So you might want to work, you say, in Colorado, but if that gig is not cool with you having a bus on property or, you know, she's dealing with maybe a little bit of kickback, but I think it's more about, like, finding the right opportunity And not necessarily that the opportunities aren't out there, but some of them, you know, it might just kind of like narrow the pool a little bit Mm -hmm. if you want to have your vehicle on premise while you're working. Mm -hmm. And I think that will change over time. Some will be okay with it. Some won't. Maybe they'll team up with an RV type of park and maybe build something like that near the area. Or maybe some of the other nurses or, you know, staff will, you know, start renting out their driveways to these travel nurses. Because I feel like that would be an amazing way to earn a secondary income. Yeah, to become a host, you know, type of deal. And it would still be way cheaper than if you were to have to rent an apartment or buy a home or any of those things. You know, it's kind of amazing 
how much access this lifestyle gives to you and people are starting to come around to it. So the more talk about it, the more good things that we do as a community, like cleaning up and making sure that we're just being really respectful and nice to the people that we are around when we're in these city settings, it will just help everybody out so much more. I think that's one of the reasons that San Diego is, you know, struggling with the van life thing. Mm -hmm. I think that this is a really desirable location and maybe like a mecca of van life in a sense, Mm -hmm. you know, since the beginning of van life. But then there's also a very big, you know, homeless population. And I think that that's also exploded in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that mix of like, you know... Van life is illegal. Okay, no, it's not illegal, but, like, here's these safe parking zones. But then the safe parking zones become kind of, like, where all the homeless people, you know, sleep in their vehicles at night. But, like, that's a different community than the van life community. Yes, yeah. It's like saying that everybody that lives in a house is exactly the same. Right, so (laughs) let's put all the million-dollar houses in the same neighborhood as the $100,000 houses. Let's put the gated community people in with the subdivision people. Let's put the, you know... Put the the million-dollar house in the projects. Yeah. It's all the same, right, guys? It's all the same. It's all the same. Right? I think it is. (laughs) It makes sense. Yeah, and like... It's, It's all completely different, though. You know, so just depending on... You know, the way that you live your life with, do you live with, like, good, respectful, moral values? Do you, you know, do you care about the environment? Do you care about these different things? And I feel like a lot of people that are, for the most part, in van life, I can't say everybody, but for the most part, everybody's very respectful about that. At least the people that we've met, the community that we've put ourselves in, we definitely, you know, always are trying to do the right thing you know, for one another, and, you know, that just comes with the lifestyle when you're probably around our age, I guess. I don't know. I don't really understand what makes our group of people the way that we are compared to the other people that are, like, not careful or, you know, careless, I guess you could say. I think that we gravitate towards people who are like us, and I think that if we were hanging out with people who we're just tossing their trash or we're just, you know, being disrespectful of the space or, or pooping in bushes, weird stuff. Like, I feel like we wouldn't stand for that. No, we wouldn't. Like, just like when your friend tried to throw that garbage out on the street in New York city and you were like, no, like you need to pick that up. Yeah. Like we're not hanging out until you pick up that trash. And respectfully he did, you know, he, he went back, he picked it up, he threw it out. But if I wasn't there, he would have left it there. Oh, a hundred percent. You know? But maybe in that moment, he learned something, like, not to throw his trash. In front of Frankie. Well, just, or <laughs> even in general, maybe it made him feel guilty. Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe he realized that he could actually bring it into the establishment that we were about to go in and throw it out in the garbage. Yeah. Because that's what he it. said he was worried about. Yeah. You know? But anyways, I feel like if we were hanging, like, I don't think we've ever really come across it where it was like, wow, like, that person's not living according to the van life values that we ascribe to. Yeah. But, like, I think if we did, we either just, like, you know, A, we're not meshing with that person, and so we're probably not going to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. Or, B, we would probably have a talk with them that was like, listen, like, you're giving us all a bad name by doing stuff like this. Correct. So, clean up your act. Yeah. There's many places and things, like, tonight we left an area, and instead of taking the jug that we used for our urine and dumping it in the grass, we took it to the porta potty and dumped it into the porta potty. 
you know, a place where pee would go. You know, so we tried... Meanwhile, like, we watched multiple people pee in bushes today. Correct. And, like, I get it. Like, some people are going to do that. But, like, if there's an option not to, why would you? Right. So I think that's the idea. And same goes for any lifestyle that you live in. You know, please just try to do the right thing. Be the right type of person. And I, I think at the end of the day, it will make us all better. Yeah, I think we're all just trying to be stewards for the lifestyle that we love and live and it's just interesting, like, we've traveled so much. Certain cities, it's so easy to van life. In certain cities... It's hard. It's just not. Yeah. And there's just a different vibe. And, like, San Diego's cool. But, like, I don't think that I would feel comfortable spending, like, an extended amount of time here. Although lots of people do. Well, it's interesting because we actually have quite a few friends that live here that we act- we haven't contacted. We should. We should. Now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. We'll be like, hey, where are you staying? Because we should stay there. Yeah, that are full-time van lifers here. And, you know, it's kind of interesting just to see the aspect of, like, if you're not from here and you don't know where to go and you don't know the things, it makes it a bit harder. You know what I mean? It makes it more, not as as tempting, the lifestyle. It's not as, like, fun and fancy free. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we should be making a YouTube video about Van Life San Diego. Fun, fancy, free. (laughs) Not for me. Yeah, I think we're so focused on Baja right now that, like, these couple of days in between are just, like, get through it, get everything done so that we can get out of here. But we want to say a huge shout-out and a huge thank you to Kayla for coming and being on the podcast. We really appreciate all your insight and all the information you could give to us and the community and the people that are trying to get into this as travel nurses. Now they know so much more about what they could do, what they could expect, and how they could make it happen for themselves. With that, we hope you guys have an FNA day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right, all that.